Hello guys and welcome to episode 11 of Garage Gamer Podcast. Today is a very special episode because I managed to get my first ever interview with an up and coming game journalist called Ben Fox. Hope you enjoyed the interview and next week we'll be back to our usual sort of show. Thanks. So we're going to discuss the PS4 first. Ah. So, Ben, the one question I've got for you, did you stay up and watch it? I did stay up and watch it, yeah. Um, I'm a student, so I can do whatever I want. <laughs> did you? Yeah, I did, actually. Nice. And I'm so thankful that I was on half-term, because I watched um, a preview, like a discussion pre-show video on IGN, yeah. and they estimated that it'd be about half an hour to an hour. Yeah. And it ended up being a full-blown two-hour conference. Yeah, no, yeah. And I was, I was sitting in my chair thinking, will you just hurry up and finish the bloody thing because I want to go sleep. Yeah. <laughs> I was thinking the same thing, yeah. It did take it did take a long time. What was your... Um, yeah, well, I guess you're asking the questions. You're the host. <laughs> um, so, what was your, like... What was your best moment out of the whole thing? Um... I think, well, that's a tough one, actually. I don't know why. Um, what was my favourite moment? Um, I actually was, I was really impressed by, um, you know, Capcom showed off, Capcom showed their new engine, didn't they? Yeah. Um, Manta Ray or something, Panther Ray, something like that. Um, they showed like a dragon game, which apparently was running in real time. Now, I'm pretty sure that isn't an actual game, but, um, or it won't look quite as good as that when it does come out. But, uh, the fact that Capcom are, are using new technologies um, excites me because I'm, I'm a fan of their stuff otherwise I really like the Resident Evil series and to see that series running in with that kind of visuals um, you know I'm really excited about that um, so yeah what about you what, what impressed you the most well uh, the top 10 the top 10 the top 2 games I liked out of every single one yeah. was the Kill Zone, the new Kill Zone, and Drive Club yeah yeah, I was I was really impressed by Drive Club. Um, the amount of detail they're they're showing is crazy. I don't know how they've managed that. Um, the, even the weave on the seats is rendered, which is which is crazy. Um, but yeah, that's good. Uh, I like the, the thing that impressed me about Drive Club was the fact that they finally brought out a, com- a bit of competition for the Forza Motorsport series. On yeah, Xbox. yeah, definitely. I mean, the thing is, the competition for that should be um, Gran Turismo, but I mean. They've messed this generation up wholesale. I don't know how they've managed it. I mean, Grand Turismo 5 took so long to come out um, that when it did come out, everyone was like, what is this? I mean, have you have you played that game? No, but it, I know where you're coming from because I've seen videos. Yeah, it's a mess. I mean, some of it looks stunning, but some of it is horrible. I mean, half the cars aren't rendered properly because they didn't have the time or they didn't have the, they couldn't work out how to do it. Um, so, yeah, I, I, it's good. You could see another properly done racing games coming out, yeah. That was what they didn't have enough time to do it. They've had the longest yeah. time possible. Yeah, well, obviously, obviously, they, yeah, they did let literally have a amount of time to do it, but they messed something up, and then 
in the end they ran out of time somehow. <laughs> so they, they had to put put half the model cars um half completed out, which was crazy. That is ridiculous. Yeah. That is ridiculous. Yeah. But Drive Club Drive Club will uh like make it better, I suppose. Yeah, no, yeah, it's good to, it's good to have competition, you're right. Um and Killzone, I loved the I loved it. Yeah. I, I was really impressed by Killzone, yeah. I think um that was out of all of them and, and the Drive Club game, that was what looked really next gen to me. Um it looked like this is actually yeah. what we're gonna get. Um and I think uh, yeah, even though I was a little bit throughout the whole presentation I was a little bit disappointed about the visual jump. But then um as I, as I said earlier, um it eventually it's gotta reach a ceiling, isn't it? Um we're getting very close to realism. Yeah. So we can't expect the same kind of massive jumps as we did from PS two to you know, PS three. Um so yeah, I, I was impressed by that, yeah. And I can't. I really want the PS4 as well because, like, like, obviously they haven't revealed the console yet because they've got E3 and they don't want to reveal everything in one big, like, chunk. Yeah. They won't have anything for E3, but the control. I like the look of the controller. Yeah. So, like, I mean, I'm I, I'm a bit mixed on it. I'm not. I'm not really sure about that touchpad. I think the design otherwise looks pretty cool. I don't really see what that touchpad is going to be used for, um, other than maybe the you know the cross media bar. But other than that, I'm not really sure. Um, I think it might be used to scroll through menus. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I imagine that is the kind of thing it'd be used for. (coughs) Excuse me, but um, yeah, no, I think it looks good. I like, but the one thing that I really want them to do, which they probably won't ever do, is move the left joystick to where the D-pad is, like on the Xbox controllers. Oh yeah, yeah. And then move the D-pad down to where the joystick is. If you know what I mean. Yeah, I see what you mean. Yeah. Yeah, do you prefer you prefer the Xbox controllers then, do you? Yeah, because I find it ten times easier to get to the D-pad when I need to get to the D-pad. Yeah, no, I think I think most people would agree with you. A lot of PS PlayStation hardcore fans would disagree, but I think deep down they know that it's the inferior one. Um, yeah. But yeah, no, I, I agree. Right, the one game I di- didn't like at all was The Witness. The Witness. Yeah, well, that that's Jonathan Blow's new game, who is um, otherwise responsible for a game called Braid, which is like a, a side-scrolling, time-travelling game, um, which is very good. I'm not sure whether it's quite as good as he thinks it is or whether it gives him enough credibility to come on stage and sarcastically say, well, I don't know how I'm going to follow all those explosions. Um, that, that was quite annoying. Um, but I think he, he's doing something different, which I, I guess is good. Um, but yeah, The Witness... From what we've seen, it's quite difficult to, to understand really what's going on. Um, but I, I guess to someone not, no, you know, not um, affiliated with his works or whatever, may, they may find it a bit boring. Uh, and I'm sure a lot of it will be a bit boring. <laughs> yeah, because Jonathan Blow, when he got on that stage, I just thought, uh, I guess the first thing that came to my mind was what how much of a prick he actually is. Yeah, yeah. Well, same. To be honest. Same. Um, yeah, I mean, anyone. In fact, if you if you asked anyone. Who knows me? They would they would tell you that I'm not a fan of um, Jonathan Blow. Equally though, I'm I I kind of don't like David Cage either. Who came on stage a bit later to um he was the one he's head of Quantic Dream. He's the one that brought on that old man. Um you know. Oh my god. Because the thing about David Cage is that he thinks the only way to impart emotion within a game is to uh to make it have give it a really high polygon count and make it look as realistic as possible. Whereas the thing about David Cage is that he can't write characters for shit. He really doesn't know what. I know. I know. Like Heavy Rain 
is a very poorly written game, yet he thinks it's an emotional masterpiece because they look moderately like people. And he just doesn't have a clue. And him coming on the stage and saying, oh, look at the new ways to impart emotion. This is an old man that looks moderately realistic. That's exactly what's wrong with him because he just doesn't understand it. He needs to step away and employ some decent writers before he even gets to that stage. Um, exactly. So I'm a bit concerned. But, I mean, have you heard of his new game, Beyond Two Souls? No. Because that's the one that it's got Ellen Page in it. Do you know who that is? She's an actress. Um, have I you, think I recognise the name. Have you heard, seen Inception? Yes. Yeah, yeah. she's in that, isn't she? Yeah, she's the she's the girl in that, the main girl in that. Um, okay. And Willem Dafoe is also in it now, who is uh, Green Goblin in Spider Man. Okay. Um, <laughs> so uh, so they, he's got some pretty reputable actors on side, but like I say, it, unless he sorts his script out, there are going to be some problems there. But we'll see. He said all this stuff about realism. Yeah. But to be honest, have you seen the Polar Express? Yeah. Right, that is what I call realism. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah, I know what you mean. Yeah, he's not there yet, is he? No, he's not. He probably will never will be. Because <laughs> he's not right in the head anyway. No, no, he's not. <laughs> but yeah, that's the PS4. Yeah, but I mean, he's probably... Oh, actually... Go on. Before we move on. Um, what about the cross-game chat? What do you think of the possibility of the cross-game chat that's come around? Well, I mean, it's, it's been a long time coming, hasn't it? Because during the 360s had yeah. that. So I'm glad that they've taken that on board and said, look, we do need to sort out the social side. Um, part of me, I mean, I, I was more interested in stuff like that, like the cross-game uh, chat, than I was being able to play other people's games. I'm not really bothered about all that. Um, you don't need that. No, and I... I, I I hope that the focus will remain on the games because I mean that's the thing that set the PS3 apart this generation. Even though it has been a bit rubbish in some areas, it's it's kind of brought um, some really decent um, exclusives like Uncharted and Metal Gear 4. Um, and I hope they they kind of maintain that standard in uh, this next generation. Um, yeah. Yeah. What was, I was going to say something else for the PS4? I can't remember. Go on. <laughs> I get that a lot. Yeah. Um, so yeah, so when we're going to move on to the top five most controversial PS3 and Xbox 360 games now. Okay. Right, so the next thing on the list is the top five most controversial games on the PS3 and Xbox 360. Yeah. So the first one is Spec Ops The Line. Indeed. Okay. Um, well, I haven't actually played this um, all the way through. I've, a few of my friends own it and I've, I've watched them play. You played it? Um, not all the way through, no. Uh, well, I've I played, I played bits of it, yeah. Um I, th- I think the most, I mean, as far as I can tell, the most controversial thing about it is that it's trying to, it tried to deal with war and the horrors of war in a more realistic way than, say, modern warfare yeah. does, which approaches it in a more Hollywood film kind of kind of way. Um, like I said, I mean, most of this is hearsay, though. It's, it's only from what my friends have said, and they, they kind of say, you know, by the time you actually feel genuinely depressed because all of these people are getting slaughtered and you kind of feel like you're in that context as opposed to it being a game. You feel like you're actually having to deal with the morality of uh, killing innocents and and killing, you know, enemy soldiers, um, which I think, um, regardless of how well it's actually executed, I think that's an interesting thing to be attempting because, um, you know, I think I think the best thing about the games industry is the variety it has. Uh, and it, it wouldn't it would be a shame if every shooter or every war game was Call of Duty and did take that approach. So it's good that some um, 
some games are trying to try to approach it with a you know a slightly different eye. Which uh, so I think in that respect is good, but I can appreciate that it's controversial. I mean, you told me earlier that you've played it. Is that is that true? Yeah, I played. I played a bit of it. I got about halfway through. Yeah. What do you think? And I didn't really. I I I didn't really feel affected by it, hmm. to be honest. Well, yeah. I mean, like I say, this is just. Um, anecdotal evidence i've got so um it, it could very well be that it's not effective um d- did you get any kind of sense that it, it was a little bit more serious than modern warfare a little bit yeah but when you when you think about it with a modern warfare 2 which we'll get onto in a bit yeah we've got the, the that level no russian where you're massacring innocent civilians yeah yeah true That's how true. can you get more serious than that yeah yeah well from what I hear, I think it, it wasn't really the the situation. Well, the situations were serious, but I, I don't know something about the script, maybe, or the 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 uh, cut scenes were, were well done. I mean, I mean, I'm not sure, I, but um, I don't know. I think variety in and of itself is a good thing, and I'm glad that Spec Ops attempted something different, even if it didn't necessarily succeed. Hmm. Yeah. I think it did. It succeeded. It, it succeeded in its own special way. Yeah. If you know what I mean, I'm like. Yeah. Uh, it was really the graphics were outstanding. Yeah. And at some points you did feel as if your life was actually threatened. You was part of the game, sort of thing. Yeah. No. Yeah. So that's probably why it's so controversial, as you said, like how it really actually is. Yeah, definitely. So the next one is Duke Nukem. Yeah, this this is a weird one. I have played this one. Um... I think the most controversial thing about it is the fact that it had such a long kind of gestation period as it, you know, it took best part, I think over seven or eight years to come out. I mean, I could be very wrong about that, but the thing is it's difficult to trace because since its original incarnation, like three or four consoles ago, various companies have tried to make a new, a new game and failed and then passed it on. So by the time Gearbox got their hat, by the time Gearbox got their hands on it, it was, um, you know, just a, a mess of a variety of different things. And you can tell, uh, because the thing that is released or was released um, is a bit of a mess. It's not especially innovative. It's very, very average, probably a bit under average, uh, and it's just a general disappointment. It's also incredibly crude. Like on a level, it doesn't need to be. Um, like the sexual humour in there, it's not humour. It's just rape jokes, um, which you know in most contexts aren't funny, but especially in this context, are certainly not funny. It's not even because it's, it's not even edgy or avant-garde. It's just stupid. So um, you can't. It's kind of very difficult to get on side with it that way. Um, but yeah, I don't know. I think yeah, it deserves its controversy in that it was simply um, you know underwhelming after that amount of time. I mean, on the article, is it to do with the sex or just the poor quality of the game? It does mention about the whole sex thing. Yeah. Yeah. Um, because I mean, the, I mean, the whole premise was that you know aliens basically abduct all the women um, and rape them. And you end up on this spaceship and there are just women, you know, topless all over the place, you know, with that happening to them. And that's just not really appropriate, is it, on any level? Because it's not... It's not. How can you put that in a game? Yeah, well, that's the thing. It's not even entertaining. It's not It's not like a horror film. It's not, like, oh, this is scary. It's just, this is just stupid and disgusting. Go away. It's not needed. No, it's, it's not. It's not needed at all. Nope. Ridiculous. Yeah. Right. Away from that terrible game, before I have some massive fix, I'm very happy with that one. <laughs> um, let's, go, let's go on to Mass Effect. Yeah. Now, I, I, this is controversial for a couple of reasons. I mean, I think I know the, the reason you'll have down is that 
there's a sex scene in it and it was one of the, the first games to officially have like a, a legitimate sex scene as like a part of the story itself um but the thing is if you actually watch the scene i mean i've played the game loads of times you don't you don't see anything it's, it's more implied than anything i think you see a woman's bum you, you know that's it um uh, I, th- I think you know Fox News are all over it, saying it was you know suggesting you know glorifying sex to a, to a younger audience or something like that, and it's just like well, no, it's just, it's it's just trying to ground this fantasy world in a modicum of realism. It dealt with it very tastefully. It was it was very very brief, um, and uh, you know you don't get films do this kind of thing with a with um, a twelve rated certificate. They do much more than what what's exactly. shown in Mass Effect. Um, so, you know, I, I don't really understand. I mean, it was controversial, but it was unfounded. It didn't deserve that. But it's also controversial because it, it is, um, the series generally is quite, because three was a bit of a letdown because it was ending and, and one is perhaps an overrated game because it tries to meld too many gameplay elements together in a kind of quite an unsatisfying whole. Um, but yeah, no, I don't, I think it, other than that, it is good and I, I would recommend playing the series. I would. I'm thinking of getting Mass Effect two and three on the PS3 because it has come out on the PS3 now. So yeah, I think that's a good. I'm idea. thinking about it. That's a good idea, especially as it has an interactive comic at the beginning, which means it will go through the story of one, which is the worst game by considerable distance. So you can avoid having to play that all together, which is good. I've actually played one. Yeah. I've played a little bit of one. What do you think? My brother got an Xbox. I didn't. I didn't really get. I didn't get to the sex scene bit or anything like that. Yeah, that's so right. I didn't. It, until you mentioned it, I didn't even realise that was in there. Yeah, that's right. At the end. I didn't even, I didn't, I didn't enjoy it at all. I didn't connect with it. I don't, I don't think I've got the patience for a game like that, to be honest. No, well, yeah, it's one of those games that has a bit of a barrier to entry. I, I felt a bit like that with um, Elder Scrolls Oblivion because it isn't really my kind of game, and you kind of have to play it for a couple of hours, and then suddenly you're completely invested in it. Um, and Mass Effect operates a little bit like that. You have to kind of stick with it despite it being a bit i mean i remember when i first played mass effect in fact someone let me borrow it i gave it back to them the next day saying you know this is rubbish i can't be bothered with it uh but then you know huh. a year later i picked it back up got past the bit i was stuck on and you know was obsessed ever since so it's one of those but yeah i, I would recommend going straight to two because it's a much better game okay yeah right so this one is probably the most discussed one ever in the, in the gaming media yeah. Realm, I suppose. Um, Call of Duty Modern Warfare 2. No Russian, yeah? Yeah, no Russian indeed. Yeah, so that's... You're undercover, aren't you? And you're told to basically fire upon innocent civilians in an airport. Well, at, well, you're told to, but you don't actually have to fire a single bullet or right. fire a single grenade. Okay. Well, that, Which, that's interesting. You can just literally just follow them around, but you have to... You, obviously, you see them doing it. Yeah, yeah. I mean, like, unless you close your eyes. Yeah, the thing the thing about that is, is that it almost it is a brave move. I don't think it's I don't think it's a needed move for a franchise like Modern Warfare. I don't think its strengths are in its poignancy and in its emotion. Its strengths are in its gameplay, aren't they? Um, yeah. And I think it, you know it didn't need to take this step. Um, that being said, if they were going to go this step, I, I would have liked to have seen them go the whole hog and say, right, this is a moral dilemma. He is undercover. He has got a larger objective. If he if he suddenly goes to these terrorists, look, um, this is wrong. And if he kills the terrorists, that may seem like a good move. But then he's blown, isn't he? And the whole operation, which is operating on a much larger scale, goes under. Or collapse. Yeah. So yeah. there is a there is a moral dilemma there. And, and as a game, 
that, that was a perfect opportunity to say, right, look, this is you. You're in this situation. What are you going to do? You're going to let them fire on these people. You're going to take them down. You're going to deal with the larger consequence. And I think that would be an interesting place to like branch the story, perhaps. Um, and I, I wouldn't be saying this had Black Ops 2 recently not decided to do similar things because I've not played it, but I think there are various branching story elements within that, or at least, um, you know, on a, on perhaps a smaller level. So I think, um, that would have been a good way to deal with that scene and at least say, yes, this is a controversial situation, but it ultimately is also a moral dilemma. This, you know, how would you deal with it? And it's interesting to, to put the player in apps in that situation. Whereas as it is, it's yeah. kind of, you're just, you just have to go along with it. You, you, it's kind of slightly more difficult to question it. You're right. You you, you can choose not to fire, but uh, you do have to watch millions of millions of people being killed, which is which is quite yeah. horrible. Um, but yeah, I th- I th- like I say, I think it was slightly misjudged, but it was brave. Um, but it is deservedly controversial. What do you think of it? I I played the whole game, and that level didn't really affect me. Yeah. I did I did fire shots. I did kill civvies. Yeah, but it's part of the game. Yeah, well, that's the thing. Uh, yeah, and the, the the main point, I guess, is that ultimately it is a game, and there are limits to how invested you can become, aren't there? Um, so perhaps mm. that perhaps that speaks to the limits of the modern game more than it does, you know, your temperament within that situation. I mean, you know, because as you say, you're just playing a game. You know, what? Why? Why does it matter? And that's a valid that's a valid stance to take. Yeah, and if they. If they'd released this level like like a couple of months ago with the Sandy with the Sandy Hook thing, yeah, the massacre there. If they'd have done it after the Sandy Hook thing, they would have it would have been ten times worse. Certainly, yeah, context is certainly important. Yeah, it would have been much much worse. Yeah, um, I guess there's always a bit of a concern, you know, post nine eleven. There's always been a terrorist, like. It's very grounded in real life terrorism, I guess, these days, or at least in public perception. So, um, yeah, I guess there, there is, regardless of the fact that it's a different kind of terrorism, terror, terrorism as a subject is kind of difficult to broach. But yeah, 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 fair enough. Yeah. Right. So the last game on the list at number one is Resident Evil Five. Yeah. Now I, I know you're, you're not a massive fan of the series, are you? No. No. Yeah. I, I don't really like it at all. No. Um, there are quite an acquired taste in many ways. Um, it, they're a horror franchise, um, and uh, kind of originated on the PS1. And they, they look very different now. Ever since four, they've been regarded as some of the better kind of third-person horror shooters. I mean, four is many people's game, you know, best game of all time. It's one, certainly one of my top five games of all time. Um, but five is controversial because it took it took a massive, muscly white man into the centre of Africa and said. Now fire on these black, you know, indigenous African zombies, um, which you know, to the, to the out of context, to just a, the, casual, the casual observer, excuse me, looks pretty uh, messed up in many ways, uh, and it is in a way. The thing is, you have to you have to ground it within its own, you know, within the narrative, because I mean, essentially, all, all these people are zombies. They are out to kill people. Chris is in there to yeah. save someone, not to just go around killing people. Um, but the way Capcom responded to all the complaints was to give him a black sidekick called Sheva, who, who's the, the second player. Um, and, you know, I kind of think a lot of this is just the fact that it's a Japanese game and they, they, they didn't mean it in a racist way. It was just a simple... They are right. 
yeah, it, completely differently to us. I yeah, think. it's just it's just a slightly different mindset um, regarding race. They probably don't. I mean, in a way, it's a better one. They just don't regard it as an issue. Therefore, they thought, you know, Chris going into the setting, regardless of the colour, it doesn't matter, which in a way is a good thing. Um, but obviously for us and in a, you know, an increasingly multicultural society, it, you know, it's a bit, you know, hard hitting and a bit, bit nasty. But um, I'm sure it wasn't meant like that. But I can see why the controversy is there. And there's controversy yeah. surrounding the game itself for many other reasons, because it, it in no way lived up to the majesty that was Resident Evil 4. Um, but yeah, so it's a bit of a mess. But I, I think it deserves a place on that list. Yes. Do you, do you reckon it deserves number one though? Um, no, I don't think so because um, well before the game actually came out, Capcom had, had said, "Look, there are there are multi-ethnic people in this game. It's not just black people." And you had Sheva with you, and it clearly had sorted yeah. out the issues and made clear that racial. Uh, tensions was not its uh, its aim, so I I think no Russians probably probably edges it on the controversy scale. Yeah, I think it does as well. Yeah, cool. Right, so that is that uh, little list. Yeah, I understand that you actually went on work experience at official PlayStation magazine. I did, yeah, I did that last year. How was it? Uh, I really really enjoyed it actually. Um, I mean it, it's a career that. I've wanted to do for, for many years. Um, so the opportunity to actually go and work there was, was brilliant. I mean, a lot of the time I was doing kind of run around stuff, well, kind of metaphorically run around stuff. So I was just researching stuff that they needed for articles and things like that. But towards the end of the week, they, uh, they actually let me do some writing, which, you know, was a dream come true. Um, so Joel Gregory, the reviews editor there, in fact, you know, in fact, that's how I, uh, saw your podcast because you commented on his status, didn't you? Yeah, about him being uh, editor. editor for because yeah. uh, ben, ben Wilson is on maternity leave, isn't he? Yes, he yeah, he's got a little baby. Yeah, yeah. Um, so yeah, so Joel Gregory said, "Look, do you want to actually do some reviewing?" Um, I was like, "Yes." <laughs> um, so yes, yeah. yeah, so, so uh, he gave me a really, really shitty game, which I guess he he should have done. Uh, it was Crash Time Four, which is a. Oh. a which is a really bad. It was based off a German um, cop show, um, and it, I'm not even sure if it had full release or release. I think it might have been a download, uh, but it was it was nasty. Uh, but it was cool to play it for review. I mean, they they have like a little room set up around the back with a big TV, where people just go and play games. Um, so people would kind of come in whilst I was playing this shitty game and being like, you know, what the hell is this? <laughs> I'm like, it's cra- crashed, crashed on for. Uh, and then, you know, I wrote it up and he, he was very pleased with it. I mean, he said it was, you know, one of the better ones he'd had, which, which I was very pleased with, which again was like a, a dream in real life. Um, and he published huh. it, which I had no idea he was going to. He, I thought he was just giving me something to do, but it's actually in, yeah. it's actually in one of the, um, magazines, which, which blew my mind. And then after that, they, um, they let me write some other stuff for just, um, I don't, do you get the magazine? Um, I'm actually going to start getting a magazine. Yeah, well, I mean, meaning to. it's quite expensive, <laughs> so, so uh, I can understand. Yeah. I can understand if you don't. But there are sections in, like, just kind of editor sections in the beginning where, you know, there are columns about what happened five years ago in OPM and stuff like that. And I wrote stuff, like a few things for them, in there. Um, but but yeah, no, I, I really enjoyed it. It's it's a surprisingly small team. I mean, there's probably there's probably only about. Ten of them in total who do that whole magazine. Um, they obviously have 
freelancers coming in to do a variety of different things. Um, but yeah. the, the actual core team is, um, you know, not too many people. And the place which is in Bath, it's called Future Publishing. They deal with all the official computer gaming magazines. Um, yeah. There's just like a floor in this building just full of all of these magazines. You'd have thought they were all in their own office, but that's not the case. <laughs> it's just a massive floor full of people playing and writing about video games. It, it was really, really good. Um but yeah, I mean, is there anything specifically you'd like to know about it? Well, not really. I just want to know what it was like to work there and yeah, things like that. And will you actually be going there as an employee eventually? Is oh, that like your your goal? That would be my goal, but that that you know that's not the case at the moment. Um, those jobs are so competitive. I think um, Louise Blaine, who works there, they'd. She had not long been employed when I turned up, and apparently there was one position going, and they had over 300 applicants for it. So oh. uh, yeah, so it's it's pretty crazy. Um, but no, the ultimate aim is to work for something like that, if not official PlayStation magazine. But it was weird because I, I listened to their podcast every week. I had done for years. So How I, do I? So yeah, so I was suddenly presented with them in real life, and I never really told them, but it was like being amidst celebrities because you kind of feel like you know them a little bit after listening to them for that long. Um, yeah. and it was just really weird to just, oh look, it's Joel just eating a banana. Fine. <laughs> just doing work. Uh, but yeah, I never really told them. Um, I was, I was pretty, I was annoyed actually because I was really quiet throughout the whole thing because I was really nervous about it. Um, but yeah, I might go and do it again actually, um, next year or, or perhaps this year just to get some more experience, but we'll see. I recommend it. Cool. Anyone who's trying to, to kind of break that market, I mean, the main thing to get is experience and a portfolio. Um, regardless, I mean, a degree is obviously very important and you need one of those as well, but more than that, you yeah. need to be actually be able to train and hone yourself as a good writer. I mean, is that something you want to do later, do you think? I I actually want to, after I finish sixth form and everything, I actually want to go to the London College of Music because I want to be a music teacher. Oh, that's brilliant, really? Oh, yeah. my, my, da- my dad's a music teacher. Uh, oh, that's a great, really? That's a great thing to do, yeah. I mean, he's not, he's not, he's like, um, he's not, uh, he doesn't teach an instrument, he's like a... You know, he's a curriculum. He's school teacher. Yeah, he's a natural teacher. Yeah, I don't mean I mean like a you know just a generic music teacher as opposed to an instrument. Yeah. Um, yeah. What do you, are you thinking of doing it in an instrument? Are you? I'm thinking of doing it at school. It's also oh, the same kind of thing. You mean or? Yeah. But would you be teaching but, music as a subject or music just a musical instrument? But I don't know. It'll probably be music as a subject, but I'll probably teach teach piano like on the side to earn some extra money sort of thing yeah yeah well that's a good idea i th- I think that's a, a very good thing to do um so is you think you're going to london school did you say london college of music yeah cool well that's a good thing to do yeah well i'm sure you bet i mean yeah i'm sure that'll be yeah great london's a great place to end up yeah cool Okay, stop the recording, and we'll go on to the next one, won't we? Yeah. Um, okay. Uh, again, I'll just make sure. Right. Okay. So the city fail. Yeah. Well, I mean, it's yeah. A, yeah, go on. I think it's absolutely hilarious. Yeah. Well, so do I, really, because it's that I kind of think EA had it coming to them because if they're gonna say if they're gonna shit all over the consumer and say you can only play this game if you're online. Then you know I'm glad yeah. I'm, I'm I think that's ridiculous and I'm glad that's what what's happened is they haven't been able to maintain the service so people are like look 
I don't want to play online. I want to play single player, but I can't even do that because you forced me to go on your essentially broken network of servers. And I think I think it's a good. I mean, in a way, it's a middle exactly. finger. It's a middle finger to EA and their stupid DRM. Just the, the fact that it's just failed on them, and I'm glad it has. But I, obviously, I'm not glad yeah. for the people that have spent money and now can't play it. But I'm sure it'll get sorted out. But I just hope this isn't a business model they plan on pursuing forever. No, if they do, they will collapse. Yeah. To be honest. What do you think about it? I think the same thing as you. Like, like they, they've been given a smack on the backside sort of thing. Yeah. Like, karma's come round and hit him square in the face for doing that. Yeah, definitely. In a sense. Definitely. And they, they have made a few mistakes, and I think they finally realised it. Yeah. I mean... Yeah, I, th- I think it is. It, it's crazy. I mean, I mean, it's not the only thing that they've messed up recently. Have you? Um, have, did you hear about the uh, microtransactions thing? No. Because you know, um, Dead Space Three came out quite recently, um, and in the game, even though you've dropped forty pounds on the game, um, you can pay for additional um, to get stuff quicker and things. They call microtransactions where you pay a few quid to get things quickly within the game. Um, oh, okay. And, and people have kind of been really sceptical about that. And then and then EA came out and said, we're going to put those in every single game from now on. So everyone just went crazy. The internet went wild. And people were like, what are you doing? That's a horrible thing to do. Because essentially it's... That moved... is just a... Yeah, go on. Ridiculous. That, yeah. that, 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 that is just like peeing all like, over everyone who bought the game. Exactly. exactly. And it moves away from getting an entire product for £40, which is still a lot of money, especially in a recession. It's a lot of money to spend on a product to then say, look, you can just spend more money here and there. Oh, but you can't even play on it if you're not connected to a server like on Sims. It's just taking the control away from the consumer, which is just not on on any level. Um, and it's just, it's just getting worse. And EA, I mean, yeah. Ubisoft are quite bad. I think you can't play any of the Assassin's Creed games on PC without being connected to the internet, which um, which is... Which is crazy um but you know uh, i don't know i i just kind of hope it dies down but in many ways i kind of feel it may not i mean i'm glad that the ps4 came out and they because there were rumors swelling about that the ps4 and the new xbox were going to contain all of this stuff you weren't going to be able to play used, yeah you weren't going to be able to play used games because you know once once someone's bought their game that's it you can't it won't work on anyone else's ps4 um, and and that was the rumor, and that you know all everything would be DRM, and you always need the internet. But thankfully, PS4 have come out and said this isn't the case. Use games, of course, will still be around. So I'm glad that's happened. Um, and and obviously, if if the Xbox wants to sell a single system, they're going to have to fall in line behind that. So at least for one more generation, we may be staving it off a little bit. But it it's just generally speaks to a problem, a really big problem that companies like EA and Ubisoft are at the helm of. Um, which which frightens me, and I, ho- I hope somehow and somewhere along the line it's quashed. What are they gonna? The big question I've got is what are they actually gonna do to like? What's the word I'm looking for? Like pay back, make everything fine for the people that have bought the game. They're gonna refund it or what? For Sims, um, I'm not I'm not entirely sure actually. Um, I know they've taken it off Amazon for a while, um, or Amazon have taken it off. You can't buy it from Amazon anymore. Um, until it's sorted. Yeah. Um, the thing is, it, it's not intrinsically broken. The game itself is fine. It's just the servers. So in theory, all yeah. we, all EA are going to do is sort the servers out and buy more. Um, 
and perhaps offer some DLC, but I, I'm, I, I don't know the official word on it at the moment. Okay. Yeah, but yeah, it is a mess, and it, you know, they had it coming to them. Yeah, definitely, definitely. Yeah. Right, okay, so that's that one. Cool. You did actually sound a bit laggy in that, by the way. Oh, did, what do you mean laggy? Is in, it took me a while to respond? No, it's just like where some of the words were really chopped up, sort of thing. Oh, sorry. But it, it doesn't matter. I don't, the listeners probably won't even notice because my podcast is like really bad quality anyway. It's not too bad. <laughs> but yeah, no, sorry about that. I'm, it might be my internet, to be honest. I don't know. Oh, well. Technology be damned. Yeah, indeed. Right, okay, so the last thing we are going to do is just give you your, give out your Twitter and stuff, so if you wanna, if you remember them off the top of your head. Yeah, well if, if, so people can follow you and things like that. Yeah, if you wanna follow me on Twitter, um, I'm at BenFox91. Um, and if you wanna see any of the stuff I've written, you, I've got a site which has it all on, which is www.benedictfox.com um, and Benedict is spelled B-E-N-E-D-I-C-T <laughs> unbelievably um, uh. so yeah you can you can check that out um, and yeah I mean is it too rude to plug my podcast or would you rather I not do that go for it go for it oh brilliant well I, I write for a site called pushstartplay.com which you can check out if you want but we, I do a weekly podcast with a few of the writers there um, which can be find, found on iTunes and stuff. It's, it's just called the Push Start Podcast at the moment. Um, so yeah, if you if you if you like Gary's podcast and you want another one to listen to, which is probably not as good, go go and listen to that. Thanks, Ben. Thanks for your time, mate. No, thank you ever so much for having me on, and, and good luck with everything you uh, you try to do. And you, and you. Cheers. Soon. I'll speak to you later. All right. See ya. See ya. Speak soon. Cool. Bye. Bye.